thank you, Lord, that you are the one who suffered more than we can possibly imagine and loved throughout. And, uh, Lord, we thank you that that is a message which we can put across to other people and, Lord, we can, that we can show to other people as well. Lord, help us to understand uh, a bit more about Abraham now, we pray, Lord. And we pray you will inspire us through him and, um, and help us to, to, um, to learn something that you want us to put to practice this next week. Amen. <clears throat> right. Well, well done for coming this evening. I know many of you were away last week and have had lots of fantastic talks and things. Um, and um, <laughs> so I'm sorry it's only me this evening, um, but I pray that the Lord will open um, his word to us. And do turn, please, if you can, to Genesis, Genesis chapter 13, and we'll be looking a little bit at the <clears throat> around the area in the first couple, of, in the chapters before that as well. Um, and... Um, and I pray that I, I pray that there will be something for each of us this evening. I think it'll be maybe a different, um, something different for each of us. But I pray that uh, the Lord will um, open it to us. <clears throat> anyway, back in 2004, <clears throat> there was a lady um, called uh, Sharon Tirabassi, and she was a single mother. Um, she was on welfare. Um, and she won, won the lottery, and she got 105,000, um, um, sorry, she got, one, she got $10 million, $10 million. Um, she spent her winnings on a big house, fancy cars, designer clothes, lots of parties, loans to friends. Now she's back riding a bus, working part-time, and she lives in a rented house. It's interesting. Wealth. Wealth and possessions uh, bring lots of problems, blessings perhaps, but lots of problems. Um, and uh, Abraham uh, had some of these problems uh, in, uh, in our reading today. Abraham was a wealthy, <coughs> uh, wealthy man in verse 2. Um, it says he was wealthy in livestock, uh, in silver uh, and in gold. But he hadn't always been like that, had he? Let's look, let's look back a bit. If we can have the, the, the pick, have we got the, the, the map? There you are. We'll better just, we haven't got many slides here, but there's just a map which just, ex, just helps us understand a little bit about how Abraham came to be where he was. Abraham, um, we read back in um, <clears throat> chapter 11, um, the end of verse 31, he left, he left um, Ur um, with his father Terah uh, and moved to Haran. Uh, where Terah, uh, his father, uh, settled. Terah had had three sons, uh, one of whom was Abraham, one was Haran, who was the father of Lot, uh, and probably Haran was, was named, the town of Haran was named after him, um, because Haran died. Um, Haran died uh, back in Ur. Um, and then there was a chap called Nahor, so there were three sons there. And God told Abraham at the beginning of chapter 12, when uh, he was 75... Um, to leave Haran, and, he, and what's interesting is, <clears throat> he says in verse 1 there, um, he said, the Lord had said to Abraham. So perhaps, actually, this is, this is kind of Abraham being told back in Ur uh, that he needs to be uh, moving on. 
but, uh, but anyway, he, he, he settled in Haran with his father Terah. Uh, but now, it's stressed, the Lord has said to Abraham, uh, leave and kind of move on. Um, so Abraham left uh, with his nephew Lot um, and uh, moves on. And, and God gives fantastic promises uh, to Abraham in, uh, at the beginning of chapter 12 when he's saying, well, move on. Uh, I'll make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I'll make your name great and you will be a blessing, etc., etc. He was going to be uh, a person of great blessing, um, a person who was, who was really of God. And so Abraham left uh, in verse 4 of chapter 12. He left and he left on a, on a journey uh, to, uh, to, to, to Canaan. So he went south uh, from Haran. And as I say, he was 75, taking, taking Sarah, <coughs> uh, his nephew Lot, uh, and the possessions they'd accumulated. And um, all sounded great, didn't it? Um, but <laughs> he had his lovely wife Sarah, um, but there, were no, there seemed to be no prospect of any children. And he must have wondered um, what God was doing. And when he arrived in Canaan, there were lots of other people there already. It wasn't, it wasn't kind of uninhabited. And, they, and the Canaanite people seemed quite happy. And so he arrived uh, at this great tree of Moray, verse 6 of chapter 12. Great tree of Moray, which was probably, uh, may, well, or may well have been a shrine or something for, to the Canaanite gods. Um, and Abraham arrived there. And so he had... He had a wife, but no children. Um, he, didn't, he didn't have any land. Um, and the surrounding peoples were devoted, devoted to, different, uh, to different gods. Um, <clears throat> but this was an appropriate time for God to meet him, wasn't it? And verse 7, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, he said again, to your offspring, I will give you this land. I will give this land. Offspring? <laughs> no offspring on the, on the horizon, but anyway, to your offspring, I will give this land. And so Abraham built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. So he, he built a, an altar at Shechem. Um, you can see uh, Shechem um, up the top there. Um, I say at the top there, no, in the middle. In the middle, um, uh, mi- 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 middle on the right. And so he built an altar there. And then um, he moved on a bit, a bit further, to in between Bethel uh, and Ai. And there he built another uh, altar to the Lord, and he called on the name uh, of the Lord. So he spent time calling on God, and then he carried on travelling. Um, <clears throat> and then there was this famine, wasn't there? There was famine. Um, we don't know how long, uh, how much later it was, but we read that was, there was a famine in the land, and Abraham, he did, uh, Abraham went down to Egypt. And it doesn't say that God led him down to Egypt. Uh, that doesn't seem, God doesn't seem to kind of enter into the phrase here. Um, um, it's almost like Abraham, Abraham went down uh, of his own uh, volition to Egypt, whether, uh, whether, God, whether that was God's intention, we don't know. Um, but he went down, and he thought to himself, my wife's beautiful. Pharaoh loves women. He has lots of wives. It's best if I say that Sarah's uh, my sister, which is what he does. Um, because actually, if I, if I say that, Pharaoh is my, that Sarah is my sister, then actually um, Pharaoh may treat me well for the sake of my sister. Um, and, um, uh, and that's exactly what happened. Sarah is whisked off to be one of, to, one of Pharaoh's wives, uh, and Abraham is treated well. But God is not pleased. 
God is not pleased. Um, and Pharaoh finds out the truth because he's inflicted with lots of diseases. And then he, he's cross. He sends Abraham and Sarah off. But amazingly, um, uh, Pharaoh doesn't kill Abraham or anything. He, just, he sends Abraham and Sarah off and lets them have all the possessions they'd accumulated. And so, so Abraham now arrives back uh, away from Egypt with lots of uh, possessions. Um, and then we get, but before we get, before we get to the, um, this bit of a disagreement, we come again that I think Abraham is probably feeling pretty guilty at this stage. And Abraham comes up from Egypt, and he hasn't really done that well, has he? He really hasn't done that well. Sarah's been given back to him, really because Pharaoh wants to be rid of her. And now, now Abraham, it says, comes back to the place between Bethel and Ai, where he'd, where he'd previously been, where he previously sacrificed to the Lord. And there it says, Abraham called, uh, verse 4 of chapter 13, called on the name of the Lord. Sometimes we need to come back to a place of great blessing. Perhaps to the place where we first accepted Jesus' Jesus sacrifice on the cross for us. Perhaps Obviously, to the Abbey, where many of us have been really blessed this week. But perhaps we need, sometimes we need to come back to that place of real blessing, especially when we failed God. And Abraham had not done well. Abraham came back to that place now, and it says he called on the Lord. Abraham was still childless. He didn't have any land. He got lots of wealth. But so what? But as he, as he called on God's name, his problems and his life came, came, in, came under God's focus. Or rather, perhaps Abraham, Abraham's perspective was changed to be, become that of God's. When our problems, and it happens to each of us, when our problems overwhelm us, we need to come back to that place of blessing so that our perspectives can be aligned to that of our Lord who loved us so much. And we then get strength and vision to move on with our hearts realigned to God. And now, <clears throat> Abraham comes across another challenge. He had the Egypt challenge. He didn't do well. Now he comes to another challenge because all this time he's been with Lot, his nephew. Lot was Haran's son. Okay, so Haran had died in Ur. And so Lot had obviously kind of attached himself uh, to Abraham. We don't hear much about Lot. Um, <clears throat> I suspect he was a, he may have been a fairly weak character. We don't know, we don't know. But anyway, both Abraham and Lot have lots of possessions and wealth, uh, and this leads to problems. There's not enough land uh, to feed all the flocks, <clears throat> which is probably quite a common problem uh, then. Um, not enough land to feed the flocks. The perils um, of wealth in the, at that time. And the herdsmen were fighting. Uh, Abra the Lot's herdsmen said, we want this land. Abraham's herdsmen said, <laughs> Abraham said, this shouldn't be, this shouldn't be. So what was Abraham to do? How was he to handle this lot of trouble, as it were? How should he handle this crisis? And what, what, what were the rights and wrongs of the situation, I wonder? 
And actually, rightly, <coughs> Abraham was the older man. He was the father-in-law. He should have had the choice, shouldn't he? And surely he owed it to his own herdsmen. Surely he owed it to them uh, to choose the easier land for them because they'd probably been working him for longer. And also, he wasn't kind of that good at now nowadays at, I mean, at kind of walking up and down uh, hills. Um, and he would probably been better in the kind of the, the 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 valley land. Surely Lot should have known that. Should have given Abraham the uh, the choice. And also, perhaps God had God had promised all this, all these kind of the, 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 this land and this lovely land to Abraham. Wasn't it time for Abraham to move in to this choice land? Well, <clears throat> what was Abraham's choice? What was Abraham's choice? Abraham's choice, so Abraham said, uh, said in verse 8, let's not have any quarreling. Is not, the whole, is not the whole land before you? Let's part company. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. You have the choice. You have the choice. And Lot looked and he chose the lovely land to, uh, along the Jordan Valley. You can see it. Uh, there, they're in between Ai and Bethel there, and he took the, he took the left-hand side, uh, went along the Jordan Valley. I think <clears throat> Abraham had learned the Egypt lesson, because in Egypt he tried to work everything out for himself. He told a lie to save himself, and he knew that this lie was inappropriate. He, he learned he realized in retrospect that he should have left things to God and not tried to work everything out for himself. And because in the end, God had worked it out, hadn't he? In the end, God had given Pharaoh illnesses and then Pharaoh realized what was, hap- what was happening. Pharaoh had given Abraham and Sarah lots of things and then sent them off. So actually they benefited hugely. God had worked it out. God had looked after them. And I think Abraham was well aware of that, and he didn't want to make the same mistake again, and so now Abraham's choice is to let God is to let Lot choose, is to look to others' interests rather than his. Yes, God had promised all the land, but God would sort that out in His own time. Abraham didn't need to force the issue. Interesting, isn't it? And I wonder what, how similar that is to some of the situations in our lives. Perhaps next week we may have situations which are tricky. God is in control and sometimes the principles, sometimes the, our attitudes are more important than actually what we achieve. How often do we try to sort things out ourselves when we need to leave it to God? It would have been very easy for Abraham to have taken a stand to make sure that God's plans were going to get started with that bit of land. But no, he left it to God. It was important for him not to stand on his rights. What about Lot? Lot knew exactly what what his herdsmen wanted, um, and they wanted the lovely land around the Jordan. Uh, and off he went uh, in that direction, verse 10. 
And of course, Sodom and Gomorrah were there, and they were a real trap, weren't they? Choosing the easy option is not always the best. It's good to submit our choices around jobs, houses, people to be friends with. That should be submitted to God. What did God think? What did God think? Verse 14, Now the Lord said to Abraham, after Lot had parted from him, <laughs> kind of repetition there, lift up your eyes from where you are, look north and south, east and west, in every direction, all the land you see, I will give to you and your offspring. It's all going to be yours, in my timing, as it were. <laughs> God had great plans Abraham hands control of things to God. And God, who sees the end from the beginning, is able to bless. And he, and he enables Abraham to see the blessing from afar, doesn't he? In Hebrews 11, verse 9, it says this, By faith Abraham made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as does Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he, that is Abraham, was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder uh, is God. What, what city was Abraham looking forward to? Well, probably, probably an awful, maybe the, the city that we're still looking forward to as well. Um, but he's, it's difficult to know exactly what he saw, but he saw the promise of God that he was going to enter into. Last weekend, I was, um, <clears throat> a few of us here were helping on sole purpose. Do you want to put the next slide on, Steve, actually? And, um, I, and, oh, that's, that's the kind of some of the youngsters. And basically, the, what, what happens there is that the, uh, the young people, um, worship and have teaching in the morning, uh, and then in the afternoon, um, do various fun days and, and tackle various, uh, bits of gardening. Do you want to move on to the next one? That's, that's, and, and this was the, this was a bit of plot of land, a very notable plot of land that, that I was, um, <laughs> I was, uh, um, given, g well, given some responsibility for. And the aim of, uh, the aim was to clear this bit of land. And it's not huge, as you can see, but actually, it's full of roots. There are roots everywhere, and there are great, and there, and there, are, and there are great big tree stumps, one of which is there. Okay, and the lads were kind of, uh, and it's interesting because they, they, they chopped the trees down about a year ago, and these tree stumps were really hard, but actually, when, when, we, went, when we got one tree stump out, suddenly the youngsters were encouraged, and, um, uh, and, uh, and, and suddenly it inspired them to kind of get more tree stumps out. And it was a good time. Adrian was kind of on the, on the tree stump, uh, kind of bit of land as well. And um, anyway, it was really challenging, but... Um, eventually the whole area was cleared. What was interesting was in the, fir the end of the first day, we hadn't achieved it. But actually, <laughs> we were, as it were, looking towards the end. Second day, nearly, and then the third day, the whole area was like a garden, a dug garden. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. So we were looking forward, as it were, to a bit of land being good. Abraham sorting out a load of problems. Sometimes, do we sometimes feel like there are too many problems for us? Do sometimes we get discouraged? In Egypt, Abraham went under, didn't cope. And sometimes we do too. 
But God didn't give up on Abraham, and now he enters into a bit more of God's plan. God is a God who sees the end from the beginning. In Revelation, of course, we see, we look forward to the new Jerusalem, where there'll be no more suffering, no more pain, and that's a vision that can keep us going. Abraham could sort his problem out, the lot out, in the sure knowledge that his God was in charge and had a perfect long-term plan. And, God, and, he, and he knew that God could sort it out, and therefore he had the freedom to say to Lot, you choose. Abraham could put others first, relying on God to sort his ultimate plans out. And I wonder how that applies to me and you over the next week. And <clears throat> what are the lessons from this? It was, Abraham needs to spend that concentrated time with God between Bethel and Ai, didn't he, at the beginning of this. He needs to come up from Egypt and be refreshed in the Lord and call on the name of the Lord. We just had that this week um, on the church weekend and others of us uh, at other places. And we need, to come, we need to come back to that place time and again in future. But what about next week? Are the major decisions that you need to take uh, at work? And how should you and I act? What are the rights and wrongs? Is it more important for you and I to reflect God's character in our attitude to others rather than to force through the right course uh, of action? And you know, there's another, there's another little thing that got me this morning, you know, on this passage. Because I think there's a bit of a challenge here to those of us who are parents. Because Abraham was Lot's uncle, and he knew him very well, didn't he? I suspect Lot was a bit immature. But there was here an opportunity for Lot to stand on his own feet and make a decision. And Lot made the decision, and he moved his tents near Sodom. And do you think Abraham guessed that was what was going to happen? I bet he did. I bet he knew exactly which Lot would choose, but yet he enabled Lot to make that choice. And, of course, in the, if you read on in the next couple of chapters, you read quite a lot about Lot. Lot got into real trouble by, by, by going, uh, he ended up in Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, he ends up in real problems, and, and Abraham had to rescue him. It's the only time we hear of Abraham ca calling up arms and make, getting a bit of an army to go and rescue Lot. Um, and then there's various other things that happen as well. Because Lot ended up, he made the choice to go to what was, the land was lovely, but actually it wasn't that good. And, um, <clears throat> and Abraham allowed that to happen. He allowed Lot to make that decision. And parents have to do that, don't we? Anyway, as we go through into next week, let's keep God's perspective uh, on things. Let's not be overcome by the problem um, as Abraham was when he went into Egypt and didn't cope well. But let's rather take our problem, tackle our problems with the wisdom and faith which Abraham had when discussing things with Lot. God had a big plan for Abraham and his descendants and does for us as well. So do read, do read the next few chapters in, uh, over the next week, and uh, it'll be good. Thank you.